in to the online broadcast network. After Buzz TV, over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. <laughs> TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey guys, welcome into another episode of Dodgers Wrap 360 right here on AfterBuzz TV and AfterBuzzTV.com. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on YouTube and iTunes, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching the uh, the YouTube version. We are live streaming right now, Sunday night. Dodgers are playing right now. They're up 3 nothing in the middle of the game against the Pirates. We'll get some late uh, scores on that. We're also here with our phone, so if you guys want to tweet us, whatever, while we're here. If you don't catch the live stream, if you watch this later on tonight or tomorrow, you can still comment on YouTube. We check that stuff all week. We'd love to talk to you guys there. I'm your host, Bobby DeMiro, joined today by Monsi Bolanos. Hi! And Mike Conley. Yes. Mike's coming over from Red Sox Rap 360. Uh, talk about a winning team for a change. Yeah. <laughs> and let's... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that was taste. funny. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Thank you. I like that laugh. <laughs> Dude, it's just been rough talking about Red Sox. Like, how right. do you feel? We're ta- we are talking about a team that's winning. We are. How, how different is that? Well, I noticed you transferred to talk about a winning team, so that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's fine. We can talk about the Dodgers. I mean, my first love, you obviously know, is uh, the Sox, and so I'll still be there uh, playing out the season. <laughs> Crying. Much like a lame duck manager. <laughs> a couple of tears shedding yeah, as you talk bit. about them? A little bit. I... We can talk winning team with the Dodgers this year. We cannot talk winning team with the Dodgers this week. The best they can do this week is go 3-3 three and three if they win tonight. Again, they're up 3 nothing. If you guys are watching that game while you're streaming this, you know as well as we do. Uh, but tough week this week in Philly and Pittsburgh. Before we jump into stuff, got a lot to talk about. Going to break down both series. Biggest idea, though, what did we learn in the last seven days? Bullpen, still a question mark. Yeah. 100%. Big time. And, um, you know, Johnson is obviously, we spoke about him last week being garbage, and he is pretty you much garbage. You sat right there seven days ago. I sat right here uh-huh. seven days ago. You and I told the people. I remember Jared Gilkerson was with us. He's out this week. He'll be back next week. You and I told the people. Jared was here talking up Jim Johnson, and you and I said, no, 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 Jim Johnson I don't want to say he sucks, but he sucks. Yeah, yeah and, Jared and said he was... What did Jared say? Jared said he was a good reliever. He's had good years, but he's also had real bad years. Mm-hmm. And he's blown two saves this week, allowed a couple of runs in another game against Philly that didn't end up killing him. Jim Johnson, Joel Peralta's having a real bad time. Um, it's it's time to go get some bullpen pieces. And when you're talking about August wafer trades, who the hell is out there? Who do you go get? Not a lot. Not. Go get Justin Masterson, just DFA'd by the Red Sox. Those are the kind of guys you go get. Wow. There's not a lot of guys on waivers right now. <laughs> so the bullpen, for sure. I think the other one is uh, the Pirates are legit. The NL Central is legit. There's three mm-hmm. very yeah. good teams in the NL Central. Um, and the Phillies, post-All-Star break, <laughs> they're pretty damn good. They're not, They've been yeah. playing well. Yeah. And, you know, so the, Dod- the Dodgers still took two out of three in Philly, you know? Yeah. So, but that's... You know, to be expected with the Phillies playing well, you know. Listen, the yeah. Phillies put up six runs on Zach Granke. How many teams have been able to say that this year? Nobody. So, That's true. Sure, it's a fluke. Everybody has one of those games. Good thing he got some run support finally. 
But the Phillies are playing some good baseball, and they showed it against the Dodgers. Yeah. But uh, at least, like you said, we still took majority of the wins. But I agree, because if this would have been before the All-Star break, it would have been like, oh, Phillies who? Yeah. Move on. And that was the next week. And then this week, they kind of, uh, or this past week, they kind of have showed us a different side. So let's talk Phillies. First three games, first series of the week. Dodgers end up going 2-1, and one, lose the first game on uh, on Tuesday. That was Alex Wood's first start as a Dodger. Mm-hmm. I thought he did pretty well. Probably got left in a batter or two too long, but that happens. Um, the real story here is the bullpen. Again, this was the day. Phillies win 6-2. The go-ahead, or not the go-ahead, the tie-breaking grand slam in the seventh inning. Wood mm-hmm. ends up taking the loss. The slam was off Joel Peralta. Most of the runners were charged to Wood on that one. A uh, tough way to go, especially on Jimmy Rollins' first day back in Philadelphia. Mm. He's a whipping boy, has been a whipping boy for you this year, Mr. Jimmy Rollins, but he had a pretty good week this week. He's starting to swing the bat a little bit. He did. He's been swinging the bat for what, like a month now? He's been doing okay for the last month. What is he last week? Nine for 27, two ribbies, three walks, six strikeouts. That's better than he's been. Anytime you're going one for every three, you can't hate a guy hitting 333. I believe Bryce Harper is the National League batting leader right now, hitting about 333. Yeah. I mean, especially when Jimmy's hitting probably above 233. I think you're you're overdoing it. What's yeah. Jimmy doing right now? He's hitting 222, Oof. hitting on base 279, slugging 364. Wow. I feel bad, like you could do that. Bad. No, we might be able to. It's a bad <laughs> year for him, a bad year at the top of the order for the Dodgers. Yeah. He turned it around not that day in Philadelphia. Um, tough way for him. The thing that kills me about the Dodgers is Tuesday game in Philadelphia. Runners in scoring position 2 for 12. They left 13 guys on base. I don't care who you're playing, what you're doing. If you leave 13 guys on base, you're not going to win games. That, that's- period. I feel like that's basics. Period. Baseball basics. Those are some Red Sockian numbers right there. <laughs> they really are. I feel like we've talked about that together. Yeah. I agree. That's not something you normally hear with the Dodgers, but it's just so sad because it's like 13? 13. You're kidding that's a lot. That's me. Ain't nobody a lot. got time for that. I don't. 13 on base. What did you guys think about uh, Alex Wood? 6.1 innings, 8 hits, 4 runs, 2 walks, 8 strikeouts. Not bad. Again, probably left in a batter too, too long. If Joel Peralta doesn't give up a grand slam, his numbers get a little mm-hmm. bit better. But I thought first outing for him, pretty decent. Not quite like Latos's first, but really exactly what you expect out of a fourth, fifth starter. Yeah. I like Wood. Yeah, I think he's going to prove to be the best acquisition of that deal for them. I mean, he's a young guy. Um, he's Kind of had a down year this year, and they were able to acquire him, but he, he's still good. I mean, there's still plenty of horrible starters out there that are worse than Alex Wood. Yeah. If you could put him in as a fourth or fifth, that just speaks to how strong your staff is. Especially when your 1-2 is what your 1-2 is. Yeah. When Alex Wood, your 4 or your 5, absolutely. Yeah. You don't uh, complain. Latos is another problem. We'll talk about him in a minute, but Wood I think is pretty good. Wednesday, uh, Dodgers get back. They win 4-3. to three. The story here mm-hmm. to me... Weeks three-run home run early, and then they hang on, oh, my God, for dear life. Uh, this That's happens right. on the road. My only concern is on the road in Philly. Philly is one of the best offensive ballparks in the league. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers are going to break out of here Thursday with that big game. But the first two days in Philadelphia, they didn't do any hitting. And mm-hmm. that's a great offensive park against a bad team. And I know Philly's played well, but they're still a bad team. No hitting for two days. Does that translate long-term in the playoffs? If you can't hit in Philly, how are you going to hit in the playoffs? I don't think it translates, to be honest with you. I mean, 
the Dodgers have already shown they're 16 games above 500. So it's not like, oh, we're hoping for a good week. This just might be a bad week. So I know I agree with you. The Phillies is not a team you want to hit badly against. It doesn't go good for your record. doesn't go good for your team. But I think this is just kind of like a, a small, you know, dull week. And I, I believe they're going to get up. I, I, don't think you don't, I don't think you judge the Dodgers based on their hitting against the Phillies. That's what I'm going to say. And the key is, like we were saying, is it's hitting with the runners on base and runners in scoring mm-hmm. position. Because in both those games, they had double-digit hits. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just putting those hits together to get the runs across, and that's that's baseball one on one. Yeah, yeah. Know? So, but uh, in the, in the playoffs, it tends to be where pitching kind of takes over a little bit. You know, so hopefully, if Kershaw doesn't have the hiccups that he's had the past couple postseasons, yeah. They'll be in good shape. And the Dodgers are known for uh, not a hitting team. They're known for a pitching team, you know? Like, everyone knows that. So it's like, even though they're hitting kind of sucked <laughs> with the Phillies, I I wouldn't judge it on that. But I mean, that being said, they do have the most home runs in the NL, and they are slugging fifth best in the NL, so... I mean, they got some bats, you know. They do fifth best average, best on base percentage, most walks. They do. They get on base. They do what they do, and they leave a lot of guys on. Sometimes, especially on the road, especially against bad teams. A lot of times, and we should look up the stat on this. And I'm sorry we didn't because I just thought about it. Uh, I'm worried the Dodgers start playing in their competition a little bit. And when you play in Philadelphia, mm. you know, listen, you have two games you lose, and a third game when Zach Granke gives up five in the first inning. Yeah. That you might have should have probably lost, and you didn't. And then you might have lost. A Again, at the end of that third game, when Joel Peralta comes back in, gives up two more runs in the ninth to make it a close game. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunities here where if you're a pessimist, like yours truly, uh, <laughs> you could easily go 0-3. You could easily, you know, if Puig doesn't hit that three-run homer, or if mm-hmm. you don't hang on for dear life, and there's, you know, one more bat the Phillies get at the end of the game, you might be in big trouble. You go for 3 in Philadelphia. So I know they went 2-1, for one, they count, wins count, but it's not sunshine and roses for me. Is it long-term? No, maybe not. If they struggle, I mean, they've already lost two in Pittsburgh. They're winning tonight, but still, losing two out of three in Pittsburgh ain't nothing to be proud of either. No, so, not at all. It's Pittsburgh's a, it's a good squad. Week. They are good. Yeah. Pittsburgh's they are a good. good squad. I mean, I think dropping two out of three isn't time to say the sky's falling, you know? And I, I think your pessimism is really going to do the Dodgers good work this year because <laughs> even though they aren't putting up the numbers and they are, like you say, 16 games over 500, all that stuff, they need that little pessimism to just they do. keep them motivated. Like, I agree. Hey, you're 16 games above 500, but you're not that good a team, so just keep after it. I really think the bullpen is... That's that's a real big question mark. And uh, Avalon, he kind of got hit around a little bit this week. One thing, Friday night he did pitch out of a jam that yep. he got himself in. So that is a step in the right direction. I think he could prove to maybe show up and be a good seventh-inning guy. But past that, I was a little surprised they sent Garcia down this week. I mean, do you have... Five or six guys in the bullpen that are well, better than you. I think the issue, I think, is not that. It's options. It's options okay. because Joel Peralta's a veteran. Nicasio's a yeah. veteran. Uh, uh, Jim Johnson's been around forever. So I think you don't have as many options with these guys. you got to look at who can we send down without exposing to waivers. Right. I think that's probably the problem with Garcia. One of the problems with Garcia. Uh, but then Jim Johnson, now that we're talking about it, Wednesday night, gives up another two-run bomb. That's Peralta on Tuesday, Johnson on Wednesday. Johnson's going to come back here in another couple days. Stay tuned. Uh, mm-hmm. Bullpen is a huge problem. Yeah. Here's the thing: you like to shorten the game with Kenley Jansen, and he struggled a little bit last week, but he's been phenomenal. But 
when you shorten the game from nine to eight innings, you still got to get through the first eight. Yeah. And if you get through six or seven, you know, yes, Kershaw to go six or seven, Granky to go six or seven, great. You still got to get those last three, four, five outs, which sometimes are really hard outs to get. And if you got Jim Johnson and Joel Peralta, and I'm getting scared, Juan Nicasio's not a setup guy. JP Howells kind of run his course and is sort of hitting the wall right now after having a great first half of the year. You got some huge problems in the bullpen. Yeah. And yeah. nobody coming. Who's who's down? Yumi Garcia is down right now. But I mean, who else is coming? Daniel Kulum, You know, what are you going to do with these guys? Because you traded away Paco. You traded away some guys that might be able to help you. Hmm. Uh, this kind of gets back to what we talked about a little last week. Do you bring up some of these stud prospect status and stop putting them in high leverage situations in late in games? Because if you decide to do that, you know, in the dog days of September, and the Giants are right on the heels. Let the guys break in a little bit, yeah. you know, on an easy stretch in August, you know, with their first chance of the big leagues, as opposed to bringing them up in September in the the heat of a division chase. But, um, but hey, maybe we don't have to worry about the Giants. The Cubs took care of them. Well, yeah, for now. But the Giants are only three back going into play on Sunday. Uh, they're not obviously dead. They're not going away. They're going to they be there. They never go away. And that's, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's the pes- I think that's where the pessimism really comes uh, into play, is not the playoffs in general, but specifically the San Francisco Giants. Seriously. They're going to be there. Seriously. They're it's so annoying. There. They're always there, no matter what. <laughs> they are there. And it's kind of like, I, I feel like certain players, and this goes for all sports, when it comes to certain rivalries, it's like they forget how to play. What the hell are you doing? Excuse me. But it's the truth. It's like just because you're playing against your rival team, it's kind of like they get nervous. And I know as big sporting athletes, you're not supposed to get nervous. Unfortunately, it happens. Ooh. Who are we talking about here specifically that chokes up when the the big moment comes? Uh, this isn't and this isn't just with the Giants. Okay. I I'm not I'm not completely hating, but like I feel like I was just telling you guys like Yasel Puig, I feel like he just doesn't care about being better. Like he is okay with being as good as he is. Whew, you just open up a debate that's been going on for two years. Wow. I know. I, um, and, but it's so frustrating because I feel like that about other players and other sports that I'm big fans of. And watching him, I work for the Dodgers. I watch him. I inter- I have interacted with him. And I just feel like he's he's cool being where he's at. Like he's totally fine. It's like, you know what? If I mess up this game, if I mess up the next week, it's cool. I I am not trying to be the MVP. I am not trying to be the best batting player. I'm not trying to be anything. I'm just cool being Yasel Puig, having fans in L.A., and doing what I do. And that's frustrating. I would say, in his defense, a couple things. The first one is, I don't know if you've read it, but I believe it was in L.A. Weekly. There was a piece last year about exactly where he came from. Uh, read it. It's eye-opening. It'll tell you a lot about why he is the way he is. Um, he came from hell. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is this, and this is more important. This is what happens when you trade Juan Uribe. Yeah. Uh, Juan Uribe was doing that for Puig and mentoring him, and now he's gone and he's since left Atlanta again and been traded a second time. That's what happens when you trade Juan Uribe. Adrian Gonzalez probably isn't the guy to be a mentor. He's more of like a quiet leader, it seems. Mm-hmm. And Andre Ethi, you're certainly not going to do it either. Oh, no. Um, and now you've got Jock Peterson, who they're worried about mentoring two in that outfield. So how many resources do you divert from one to mentor the other? And do you go back to the first? And do you think, well, hey, we got Puig. He's good. Well, no, he messed up something. We have to do this again with him. We mm-hmm. take resources away from Jock. It's a weird balance because Puig is such a good player. It's almost a 
given that he's going to figure it out. But we have to remember he's still very, very, very young in his career. He's, I, he's, yeah. he's, you know, what, a year and a half in, two years in. I, I agree with you, but there's like a <laughs> there's a, a hunger in players that want to advance to be better. And I don't see that in Puig. I see that in Peterson, 100%. I see that in Peterson when I see him out there and I'm at work and I see them running around. I don't see that in Puig. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot has to go back to the fact that he is from Cuba and how hellish it is, you know, down there, like on ball plays and stuff. And, and he finally got out. It's a case where he's in the U.S. now. And it's a lot different out here. He's forged himself a much better life. So there's going to be a period of baseball kind of almost taking a back seat to this newfound freedom the guy has. And he's got money. And, you know, there's, there's going to be a growth spurt. And what's he, 24? Mm-hmm. About, you know? Yeah. So and you just you see those flashes of his talent that are unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. that ball... He barehanded and threw out the guy of the force to second on Saturday. That was amazing. On Polanco, who can run. Yeah. You know, it was a bullet that was right there mm-hmm. and had to be there. And uh, so he has those flashes that you you just have to kind of suck it up a little bit. I, I think that and, and just kind of deal with that. It would be nice if somebody there was somebody there, you know, an older Latin player that could kind of, you know, Take him under his wing. I mean, I'm sure Juan Uribe is mentoring the hell out of Jonas Cespedes now over yeah, in New York. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it'd be tough to let a talent like that go. But it's not exactly. It's talent. You have to want to get better. Like, not to divert from baseball, but it's the same thing with Blake Griffin from the Clippers. Like, you have the talent, but. You know, put it in practice. Do the basics, baseball 101. Yeah, Pui, you have a great arm. But f- work on everything else. Like, I don't know, that's just me. That's just my opinion. I just uh, wish he would want it more. I Look, I look at the numbers. I think want it's tough to define. It's that will to win Hawk Harrelson argument. Can't define that. And you can't argue with people who say that because you can't define it. Mm-hmm. I look at the numbers with him. He's striking out at under a 20% clip this year. He's been injured. He's missed 40, 45 games with an injury. That's never happened to him before to miss that much time. So it's almost kind of a lost season in that regard. Every player is going to deal with that differently. And when you lose part of a season to come back and to figure out and get your rhythm... I, you know, I'm okay with him going slowly. The other thing I have to think we have to remember is Puig's hitting 242 this year. The Dodgers as a team are hitting 255. Averages, we were talking about this earlier. Averages are way down. Yeah. This is a pitcher's year and a pitcher's era. So the Puig of 2013, who came on like gangbusters right when he came up, obviously wasn't sustainable. But it's also a question of he's actually seeing a lot better pitchers who are throwing a lot nastier stuff, and everyone's being affected by this. Everybody on the Dodgers being affected. Justin Turner leaves. Justin Turner gets injured, and all of a sudden the Dodgers lineup is worthless on some days. Yeah. You know? So it's, I don't know, I, I understand what you're saying about a guy like that and how you almost stop mid-development, and that happens to a lot of guys. It's right. not Yasiel Puig alone. No, yeah. But um, I, I, I see a lot of things he's improved on, too, and I think when you get a guy healthy again – Get over a leg injury, which can just nag you the entire year. And it still might be nagging him, and we don't know, and he doesn't want to go on the DL again. Uh, but you get over a leg injury, you finally get healthy. If he gets his feet under him again starting next season and he's actually healthy again, I think we see normal yes, yeah, CL Puig. I hope you're right. You know? I hope he proves me wrong. I hope this is just like a uh, fluke, but I hope you're right. Because I see the talent in him. You yeah. saw it from the beginning. Yeah. It was undeniable talent. 
But we knew that wasn't going to continue. That's the other thing is the expectations of the first couple months in baseball, right. in Major League Baseball, that was never going to continue. No one's right. got a book on him. Exactly. Yet. I mean, right. this is a guy who's not going to hit. He's not going to hit 350. He's going to hit 280. Yeah. But 280 with what he does, with a little bit of power, with a great arm, that's a very good player. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So he's hitting 242 right now. Okay, he's having a down year, but he's not striking out like Jock Peterson. He hasn't completely lost it like a lot of guys like Mike Napoli, formerly in the Reds. Wow. He hasn't completely lost it. So I'm looking at a guy who's just, I think he's going through the growing pains of development. And two calendar years into baseball now, pitchers are still figuring him out. And the question is, how does he adjust back against pitchers? Because the first couple months, nobody knew him, see the ball, hit the ball. Pitchers want to throw strike one. Pitchers want to challenge a new guy. We'll see what he's got. Hmm. Well, he hit the ball real well. Next year, he makes adjustments. They adjust on him, and now they've seen him so many times. There's so much video on Puig. Mm-hmm. Let's exploit X, Y, Z. So he's get, he's going through that right now. No Juan Uribe to counsel him. Um, and it's, it's affecting him. But how he comes out of it, I think, is the biggest issue for me, and I think you won't see that until 2016. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. I was like, it's it's kind of a long ways away to see what he's going to come up with. I that w- was a nice uh, bullet. To yeah. <laughs> Nap, go get him in Texas, buddy. Um, but um, I wonder if you know, Seal Puig was on a team other than the Dodgers, if maybe a middle market team, maybe a team that is in a city that doesn't have such a Latin culture around it, if they would have triple A'd him for a little bit and just kind of let him work on some stuff at a lesser level and then brought him up, you know? I, You know, the, the, the one that I really, the comp for me to Yasiel Puig is Carlos Gomez. Uh, and I don't know why the and this is bad. You can't compare personalities with these guys because you don't actually you know nobody really knows these guys except for family members. Yeah. But Carlos Gomez and Puig play very similarly in a lot of ways. Uh, they got a lot of similar traits with power and speed and great arms, good outfielders. And looking at Gomez in Milwaukee versus Puig in L.A. and Gomez is far more developed and now he's in Houston. Right. But Gomez had a lot of issues. Gomez got in a lot of fights, literally on the field, yeah. with 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 showing people up and with getting too heated and stuff like that. And so, you know, was it immaturity? Was it the way he played? It was a little bit of both. And I think he started to learn how to channel that, and he became a huge trade piece, and the Mets screwed up a trade, and the Astros were the beneficiaries of that. And the same is probably going to come a Yassiel Puig in the next couple of years. You know, not, not necessarily a trade, but maybe. But yeah. you're looking at a guy who's going to finally learn how to harness the emotion to where he's not showing pitchers up by pimping a home run, mm-hmm. but he's, he's using the emotion more positively in the next at-bat, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you, you'd hate to give up on him because Gomez, after getting traded a couple times early in his career, I mean, for Milwaukee, the past like four years, outside of Mike Trout, is there a center field you would have rather have? Yeah. You know, defensive or offensive combo? I mean, the guy's, the guy's been sick. He's been know? phenomenal, and the Mets so, gave up on him real early. Yeah. yeah. You know, so that's, that's the risk of doing that. And we've talked about potentially trading Puig on this program because it was kind of a rumor earlier. Yeah. And it's an interesting proposition, and you could have gotten a lot for him, and maybe it's something they do later, anyways. But it's a tough talent to give up. You know, yeah. that's that's I'm not saying I'm not saying Roberto Clemente, but I am saying mm. skills, Roberto Clemente like skills, power, mm. speed, and a great arm in right field. Yeah. It's hard not to make the comparison. Is Puy gonna be a Hall of Famer? Chances are no. I mean very few people are. Right. But it's that skill level that you don't see very often. It's yeah. tough to give that up. Yeah. It is, and you got to chalk it up to youth. I mean, I yep. mean, I remember yeah. how much I of a knucklehead say. I was at twenty-four. You know, <laughs> and I wasn't even, 
you know, uh, ch- changing <laughs> countries and uh, having to deal with a whole new lifestyle. Having you know? television on you every day. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, you got to give a little bit of patience. I-, I do like the idea of, you know, maybe bringing a, uh, you know, a Latin veteran in there to, to kind of take him under the wing. But. Look for it this winter. I don't know what your yeah. rebase contract's going to end up being with the Mets, but look for him maybe coming back in the winter or somebody else like that. Who's a Latin American player who's been around for a long time? Who's like, you know what, I, I get the game, I'm going to be a utility infielder, a fourth outfielder, and this is what I'm going to do. Because I think it's an interesting, it's not a babysitter in that sense. You know, I don't no. think they should look at it like that. Yeah. But it's an interesting guy who pulls Puig aside and says, why did you do XYZ in that at bat? Here's what's really going on, and here's the mental jump you need to make to get there. Yeah, somebody, you're right. I agree with you. Somebody needs to be there to help him because it's right. It's kind of like he went from A or X, Y, Z. It's kind of he went from Y to Z. He had to skip the X because he was so young, like you just said, moving from a different country. Nobody to kind of guide him into the position or the star that L.A. has made him. Because yep. it's not even necessarily just, oh, you're really good. But L.A. has made him into more of a star than he would naturally be, if that That's makes sense. a good sense. point, yeah. You know, like, he has all these spotlights on him, all these people on him. Like, if he would have been traded, which I wouldn't have been against, but if he would have been traded, fans would have been mad. Fans that don't necessarily know Baseball 101 and just know Dodgers and just know L.A., they would have been mad. Sure. Even but, if it would have been the right call. Fans get mad about every trade, though, so mm. I kind of... That's true, but it's know. the way that they've portrayed him yeah. here in L.A., being in L.A., you know? Yeah. And that's what I, I think he's, like, cool with it. He's like, I'm in L.A. I'm kind of a star. It's kind of a celebrity. That's what they tell me. It's good work if you can get it. Uh... Okay. Should, should we start the working now on a David Ortiz for Kershaw offseason trade? <laughs> we can get that mental and a bench bat. I would love that. A nice lefty bench bat. Let's do that. I'm sure. not against that. Yeah. Uh, I love Poppy. Be, is that the Latin American veteran you need in I love LA? Poppy. Let's bring Poppy to you LA. Know? You sure. certainly can't play in the field, but that bench bat, that's a fierce bench bat. He's going to play about 18 games a year yeah. on the road in interleague? Okay. Put Poppy in um, blue. Do it. I don't care. You're Thursday, fine? Giving up Kershaw? Thursday's game in... Oh. Uh, in Philly, Zach Granke wins. Uh, he's 11-2 and two now. His ERA rises to 1.71. That's a good problem to have. Allows six runs in six innings, five in the first, yeah, and then rough. bat flips a home run like nobody's business. Uh, okay, first off, Granke's a good hitter. That's a, that's a skill in the National League. Every team, if you can get one pitcher who hits well, guess what? You got another pinch hitter every four days, mm-hmm. right? Or the other four days. You got another guy. If a starter goes short, you can pinch hit Zach Granke in the fifth inning, and the Dodgers have done it before. Uh, but mm-hmm. finally, the it's story. It's a decent base is, runner, too. Well, <laughs> the story for me on this one is finally he gets some damn run support. Two teams combined for 13 runs in the first three innings. That's a slot fest. Yeah. yeah. If anybody deserves it, it's him to, to yeah. absolutely kind of stink up the joint and then actually have the bats come back and get him. But considering he, how many NDs and losses he took, giving up a run in eight innings, saying. absolutely. You know, well, he had to do it himself, though. Yeah. 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 Help yourself, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's a wonder he's eleven and two considering the run support yeah. he'd been getting. But again, bullpen struggles. Bottom of the night, Joel Peralta gives up two runs, doesn't get an out. Kenley Jansen has to come in and get a save. Goes from ten six to ten eight. Uh, still a problem. Four-run game's a problem. If you can't close out a four-run game against the Phillies, I know they've been playing well, your bullpen has problems. And this is now three days in a row in Philadelphia, late runs allowed. And if you can't yeah. get those, nail down those four innings and you have to bring in Kenley, Kenley's going to wear down. Yeah, you I was, know? And you're, you're going right. to need him in October. Yeah. 
And, and especially when he's your only guy in the bullpen that's yeah. really in the circle of trust, you know? Mm. Yeah. Ugly, ugly. Friday, more ugly. Clayton Kershaw, uncharacteristically average. Not a bad start. Four runs in six innings, though, certainly bad for Kershaw right. relative to what he does. Um, what do we make of this one? I, Jim Johnson, bottom of the 10th, walk-off winner, pinch hit by Pedro Alvarez. That one, to me, is not as egregious. Walk-offs are going to happen, but you give up two hits and two walks in an inning again, you're not fooling anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. You're just not. And, and another guy that was probably brought into maybe with closer uh, credentials in mm-hmm. the past to kind of alleviate some of that, Kenley. You know, maybe give him a rest now, now and again. And now uh, you're seeing he's just proven to be the arsonist we all thought he was and just blowing things up. And, uh, you know, that's going to hurt in the long run. Jim Johnson is who we told you he was a week ago. <laughs> he is who we thought Wait, he was. Give me, what, did, what did you say about Jim Johnson a week ago? That he was. Uh, he is who we told you he was. Which is? Give me a sentence. He sucks. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> he's, he's just. I'm sorry. He's not good. There's firemen and there's not firemen. There's guys. There's guys who are down. Who are dousing the fire with gasoline. And there's guys who are doused. We're covering it with a blanket. And he is gasoline. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's. It is what it is. I mean, I'm sorry, Jim. I'm sure you're a wonderful, dude. You had a great about year and a half in Baltimore closing games a couple years ago. Oh nine or whatever year it was. This is not two thousand nine. So. Um, more. Saturday. This one concerns me, actually. Dodgers, of course, lose again 6-5. Matt Latos gives up six runs in the first three innings. Dodgers spot him four runs through the first three, and he gives up six. Not often you're going to get four runs from your ball club on the road and lose by two after those three innings. Uh, Bad start for Matt Latos. Biggest concern for me, seven hits and a walk in four innings. No strikeouts, two home runs allowed. What does that tell you guys? He's not missing any bats. It is, but you know, Latos has kind of been Jekyll and Hyde these past couple of years. You know, they he's, can't afford that, he's not not. But not you can afford all. it if Wood is he's p- pitching well tonight. If he pitches well, then you know, if, if Brett Anderson can stay upright, you know, you got full full good We're, starters. Did you see the one this week? Check swing injured his hand. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. And but he's. He's still in he's the still rotation this week. Yeah. He's still, he's still I mean, around now. The guy wasn't slowed by an Achilles uh, injury, which I thought was going to be his downfall. If it's not you an know? Achilles, it's a finger, it's a wrist, yeah. it's a it's his it's beard. It's a paper cut, it's whatever. It's every day. We mentioned that uh, Zach Grinke can swing the bat a little bit as yeah. a pitcher. You know who can't swing the bat as a pitcher is uh, Francisco Liriano, oh. who uh, <laughs> hit a three-run bomb off of Leto Savage. Yep. His yeah. first career homer. Yeah. So, they were stoked about it. Yeah. They were so stoked about it. That happened. This is a Rocky story, but that happened at the Rockies. Chris Russin for the Rockies, not a hitter, hit a three-run bomb off Carlos Martinez in St. Louis the other day. Sometimes, man, if you're a pitcher and you swing hard, once in a blue moon, you're you going to get it. the ball right where you swing. You're just, yeah. Wouldn't you're be a Bobby Demiro be, 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 be show if we couldn't get a little Rockies in there. Right. Might of as well, course. Might as well talk about I mean, interesting stories. How do you fit that into popcorn talk? <laughs> are you mad because uh, because the Red Sox are so bad we're calling you on it? No. No. Uh, <laughs> you know my... You know, you know, I'm fine with three world championships and seven oh, uh, last place finishes oh. every 10 years. I'm fine with that. Uh, concerns, other concerns for the Dodgers on that Saturday game. Uh, they go again, two for nine with runners in scoring position, leave 11 on base. That's too many. The other one is Joe Blanton gets the win in middle relief. If Joe Blanton shuts you out for three innings, you are either bad or a team from 2008. And this is not 2008, so Maybe a little bit of both. that's a bad game for the Dodgers all around. <laughs> What is the score right now? Right now, 4-1. We are at oh, the wow. top of the fifth. 
Dodgers we up four one. Dodgers up four one. Correct. Top of the fifth. Uh, so it seems two outs. Two outs looks like two guys on. All yeah. Right. And before yeah. we kicked off, they actually had two Ethan steals. Ethan Grandall around. And like they, are they That's last the last in the NL in stolen uh, bases? Let me double check if they're last, but they're way the hell down there. They're fifteenth, last yeah. in the NL in stolen bases. Yes, sir. Charlie Morton. He's about. Uh, I think Schilling was saying during the telecast, it's about one seven to the plate. That's. That, I think I might be able to steal. On I mean, to do that, you need your catcher to be like point nine. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. That's ridiculous. A yeah. uh, couple storylines. We've covered a lot of them. Uh, we talked Puig adjusting hitting mechanics a little bit too. Uh, what do we see this week as far as positives? Because we've been pretty damn negative about the bullpen, about leaving guys on base, about hitting, about losing the Phillies. Any positive takeaways this week with the Dodgers? I think Jimmy. Okay, You yeah. know, Jimmy hitting a little bit. Oh, for uh, a second I thought you said Jim Johnson. I thought you were being sarcastic. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't I didn't that. <laughs> J-Roll, man. J-Roll. Jimmy. You know, and if he's a guy that you know, he doesn't hit consistently. You know, he's not a 300 hitter, but he could be a 300 hitter for two months. Yeah. And if the, those two months are August and September for the Dodgers, that could be pretty. Because we, we've talked to a blue in the face, pun intended, um, be, that Mattingly, he just loves his veterans. So it's it's going to be J-Roll hit or, hit or miss the rest of the season. But if he can hit, that kind of settles that top-of-the-order scenario you're going. Because, I mean, we were talking last night, who's going to hit in the top spot? And I never really liked Jock Peterson there. But I like Rollins there. He has a little bit of pop. He knows what it takes to do that job. He's done it in the past. And I just really like Kendrick as a number two-hole hitter. I think he's the best two-hole hitter you have, especially now with uh, Turner on the shelf. Um, So I think to see the the top of their lineup kind of getting into, you know, settling into their roles, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. I'll, and, I'll go you know, you another start, a good start out of Brett Anderson, you know, I just don't know. That guy's not going to be healthy the whole year. So you'd rather have him lose a few starts now and be there in the end. It's, yeah, it's yeah. worth noting I in AAA this week, Mike, Mike Bolsinger got hit in the face, I believe, with a line drive. Walked off, turned out to be okay. Wow. But... Weird stuff happens, and you would hate you hate to lose anybody. You hate to lose a starter, but you would hate to lose a starter. You're going to need later in AAA in an effectively meaningless game. So, so that's a that's scare rough. the Dodgers don't want to have. Because uh, Bolsinger's come back up soon. 5-1. Yeah. We just scored. Nice. We just scored. 5-1. Bolsinger might be my new favorite pitcher. I mean, it gets hit in the face and shrugs it off. That's like Anquan Bolden stuff. I right believe there. it was in the face. I know he was hit with a line drive. I, th- I thought Oof. I read it was in the face. Um, couple things. Clayton Kershaw, six innings, four runs this week uh, against the Pirates, who are not obviously they're a good team. They're not a you know barn beaten hitting team though. Big concern with Kershaw or just one of those starts? I think just he's, one of those starts. Right? I think he's done now. You think he's done? <laughs> I think after his um, his innings pitch streak. You know, went down. Yeah, he's going to be garbage. I mean, he did just get voted the National League uh, Pitcher of the Month for July. See? So that's it. See, I, I mean, I'm kind of being sarcastic, but <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing if he hit a bad stretch and maybe kind of got it out of his system. Yeah. You know, even we said that exact it for October. Thing. Yes. You know? Yeah, this is the July was the right time to get white hot because mm-hmm. August September is the right time to get cold, yeah. and then the end of September is the right time to get hot again. And when you ebb and flow during the season, which everybody does, you, you don't want to be as hot as possible August thirtieth because you're not going to sustain it another six weeks. Right. But if you're as cold as possible August fifteenth thirtieth, hey, you can find it again before September. 30th. And, then and you know he's nothing. gonna find it. Like you know, yeah. I mean, it's Clint Kershaw. Mm-hmm. It's not like other players we're talking about. You know he's gonna find his way back. 
So he wasn't one of those Dodgers you were talking about that chokes when the uh, nah, time gets big? not him. Not him. Wow. Right. Okay. Some folks debate you about that out there. Uh, <laughs> That's just me. That's just my opinion on, on Clayton. I, so, I trust him. I think he's a just natural talent. And, yeah, like I, you just said, this is the time to go down. I can hear the best fans in baseball in St. Louis just typing away at their keyboard <laughs> right now. St. Uh, Louis. Yeah, <laughs> Cardinals fans call themselves the best fans in baseball. You never heard this? I think that's the best fans in the National League. No, no, this is so you use it sarcastically. Wow. Anytime you talk about the Cardinals fans, this is best fans in baseball. Uh, yeah. You go, guys. <laughs> Your team would never hack into another team's computers. Uh, Clayton Kershaw's scoreless streak ends at 37. Who had it ending on a leadoff home run to start a game? I think that was me. Both of you are liars. That's correct. Uh, Justin Turner could be out longer than expected. That is a big loss. That is a big loss. I know. He's so versatile. And you need a third baseman. Uribe's gone, obviously. Alberto Callaspo is not going to do it. Not at all. The guy, that's a huge loss. I mean, the dude's hitting 323, OPS and 950. I mean, this was a guy that was like a spare part. The Mets let him go. Yeah. The Mets can't hit their way out of a wet paper bag. <laughs> and he's raking now. Yeah. You know? To lose that guy, I mean, he, I mean, pitches aside, might be the MVP of your team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I would, and he was a guy we talked about a couple weeks ago. I don't know. It was just Jared and Kevin. I think you two are both gone. Uh, he was a guy who easily could have been an all-star. There were tons of good all-star third basemen, so he should have been left off. But he put up all-star numbers. Oh, mm-hmm. he sure so, did. So, um, Dodgers released Chris Heisey. Do you care? No. I mean, <laughs> I don't think on a team that has, you know, Eight outfielders usually yeah. on the roster. We need that ninth outfielder. He was, inter- he was an interesting guy, though, as a pinch hitter, fourth, fifth outfielder, could play all three, had a lot of power. And they traded from for him uh, from the Reds this past winter, and then they just never really ended up using him because Ethier stuck around. Right. Carl Crawford kind of is coming back and has asserted himself a little bit. And then Enrique Hernandez is kind of say, hey, yeah. I'm going to be a fourth, fifth outfielder. Mm. So it was probably time for him. They, had, they needed his 40-man spot. But... um that's a guy who will absolutely get picked up. Who needs a hitter? New York Mets, teams like that. Somebody's going to pick up a guy who's a good bench bat. He's got a lot of power, didn't fit in uh, in L.A. Speaking of those outfielders, Carl Crawford's going to get a larger share of the platoon role. Do you like it, or is Carl Crawford washed the hell up? You're biased. I am biased. <laughs> um That being said, he is washed up. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's just a case of... You know, you're paying that guy a lot of money, so he's in there. And it also is a case that maybe they just want to slap Puig's hand a little bit, you know? And let's let's be real. Carl Crawford has some traits that maybe he could still lead off. And yeah. you need a leadoff hitter. Mm-hmm. If Jimmy, if he doesn't figure it out or if he goes cold again, Jock probably can't lead off anymore. He's not going to mm-hmm. consistently. So maybe Carl Crawford you look at to lead off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Wood, Let's we got him. Let's <laughs> not get too carried away. Um, I think that's it for. Okay, I, I left one for you guys that I want to ask. And How it's many more be, years is Kyle Crawford under contract? By yeah. the way. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, it's beyond this one. That's a good question, though. Uh, one big question for the both of you Dodgers lose four replays Saturday night. Yes. Which is just a weird, fluky thing, you know. Uh, let's go broader because we've got a couple minutes left. Replay, do you like it? Do you hate it? A year in, a couple years in, what do you think of replay in baseball? And then I'm going to tell you guys the truth after you answer. I'll tell you the correct answer, but go first. Okay. I think with replay, uh, it should be different in the regular season versus playoffs. 
that's my opinion on replay. And I How think so? what in, would you change? in the regular season, I don't think you should be able to look at a replay. And in playoffs, I think you should. Hmm. Like, it's very... This is just me based... Obviously, I don't watch every freaking game in baseball. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on. But I feel like replays... Like, that close replay call is not very common. The close. Where it's like, I'm not sure we should really look at the replay... It should just be like this is a this is a call. That's it. And then once we're in playoffs, okay, go away, look at it, take time, make the right decision. I see a couple a day that are that close. Yeah. You think so? Yes. These umpires are good. They know what they know, and, they, and the managers and players know that they know what they know. And when there's a damn close one, they still usually get it right. But that's when they check it. There's a well, lot of really close I, ones. Even mm. even yeah. with that, even though okay, let's agree with you. Still, playoffs is the time to do it. And and I find that on those close ones. Nine out of ten times. Umps are right? The, the umps are right or there's not enough of the... Camera angle to show yeah. you? Or the... What is the word I'm looking not for? Not enough evidence. The... the Yeah, it's something evidence. It's like it's missing. <laughs> they usually use evidence. conclusive evidence to overturn it. <laughs> yeah. You oh, yeah. know? So it's like... And, and, and for me, it's like... And especially... I watched the game a few weeks ago. I think it was a Red Sox game where it was on the last play of the game. And like, it was a walk-off. And people were celebrating. They're like, oh, wait... Where you know, so the anticlimax is it? I hate it. I li- yeah. I think I want to go back to just. I like it for if it's a home run or not, like the 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 way the replay was last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know about these like plays at first base. I mean, I I guess it's all about getting the call right. But right. like you say, the umpires are good. They're damn good. They yeah. are. But it's just like, I mean, this this might sound off, but it's like in baseball, there's so many games. Use it for playoffs. Like, I get it in football. One game a week. You might want to see the playoff, the, the replay again. But in baseball, there's so many games. And like we just said, nine out of ten times, they get it right. And, and it's also so, um, surprising that they would institute this when, you know, they're trying to shorten the games and whatnot. Yeah, that's you know? a, that's right. 100%. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, also it's very odd where, okay, the manager gets one challenge, but then once he uses his one challenge, he can come out and ask the guys to look for it. It's, the, it's some very odd rules. I, I would like to see them maybe go to a situation where New York views the play and they buzz down to them if it's something that's a little fishy. You know, what do they do that in? Is in that, football. They do it in college football. Okay. Um, listen, I would say this about baseball. The fundamental, there's two things I don't like about replay. I think it'd be totally removed from the game, regular season, playoffs, everything. Don't have it. You didn't have it for 100 years. It worked okay then. Uh, that's true. <laughs> I respect that you want to get the call right. I get that. These umps are damn good, but it's different than that, and this is a little more esoteric. The fundamental part of baseball is the strike zone. The strike zone is entirely subjective. And people are like, well, no, it's defined, it's whatever. Sure, it's defined in the rule book, but every ump sees it differently. Every ump sits behind the plate differently. Talk to Greg Maddox about pitches he was getting off the plate in the prime of his career. Every pitcher gets called differently. The way catchers catch the ball is different. The strike zone has moved throughout eras. It's moved down. It's no longer up to the up to the armpits or under the letters. You don't go above the belt very often now. And it's so subjective at the fundamental core of the game. That cannot be replayed, and I hope they don't start using robots for that, and they've talked about it. But that cannot be replayed. If the core can't do it, 
let the imperfections on the field speak for themselves. We have all these great stories, and I know they're not, Don Denkinger isn't great, the umpire in the Cardinals Royals in 86 or whatever. For him, that was hell. (laughs) For Jim Joyce, the, the perfect game messing up in 2010 was hell. But we have all these great, weird, quirky, these are fundamental baseball stories about this famous call, and we say it was wrong, and we say it was right, and, you know, 100 years from now, it'll still be debated. Well, not anymore with replay, mm. you know? And the second thing, and the other thing, and I think not for nothing, um, managers are no longer arguing. Nobody's getting ejected anymore. Boom. Yeah. And that sucks. That's what I miss. And that's one of the most fun parts of baseball mm-hmm. is Lou Pinella or Casey Stengel <laughs> or Earl Weaver or anybody modern day going berserk on the field, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Lloyd McClendon taking bases off the field. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see, and it doesn't happen anymore, and it sort of sterilizes the game a little bit. And I understand this point of view is very esoteric, and it's not, I'm the sabermetric guy, I'm the math guy, and this is not math. This is, you know, very esoteric. But I just think there's a lot of imperfections in baseball, and I think instead of trying to get rid of them, embrace them and promote them and say, hey, these guys are damn good. They're not trying to screw anybody. But when they mess up, if they mess up, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, it's it's the way life is. See, the one thing I wouldn't mind changing is automating the uh, oh, strike zone. No. And just give the guy a little buzzer. His clicker is now a buzzer. So when it comes across and is a strike, we don't even have to tell anybody. You don't have to tell the general public. Just make the move and then... He gives the thing when it's no, a buzz. No, I love it because Boom. every ump is different. Every catcher, I agree. Every, and every batter is different. Every, every batter is different. Every catcher receives the ball differently. And, and baseball polices itself so well. We talk about unwritten rules with brawls and stuff, and how baseball polices itself. Another way they police themselves: if you're an asshole and you complain to umpires a lot, guess what? Somebody's going to ring you up on a pitch two inches off the plate, yeah. and you deserve that. Yeah. That's the way life works. Like there is a little bit of retribution. You got to be honest. Ask Paul O'Neill about stuff like that. People who were jerks to umpires were going to get hosed on calls occasionally, mm-hmm. and that's cool. Even if it's your guy, that's the way baseball is. It's not. It's not football and basketball with these really tightly defined, you know, out of bounds lines and replays and right. cameras and clocks. It's none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't know. Approach it differently. Hmm. I wish we had no replay whatsoever. Obviously, it's only going to get bigger. I think this is where you drop your mic. I should. Um, yeah. I will because we're actually out of time. So, <laughs> uh, final thoughts on the Dodgers this past week, you guys. They are now 62-48. and 48. Obviously, winning tonight could go 63-48. and 48. What do we think moving ahead? About six, seven weeks left in the year. I think they got to scour those waivers for some bullpen help. Yeah. I agree. Um, aside from Jensen in the bullpen, right? Who had I want to like a ridiculous? He just hit a ridiculous save. Like his number was like one twenty five in his career on Saturday. It's like one hundred twenty fifth save. It's a converted catcher. Yeah. This is not a pitcher by trade. Uh, one quick note as we leave: Dodgers were sixty two and forty six after their hundred eighth game. That's exactly two thirds of the way through the season. That means they are on pace. For 93 wins. That's a damn good year. That should get it done. Uh, that will definitely get it done. That'll get it done for us. Mike Conley, Monsi Bolanos, Bobby DeMiro. She is at Monsi Bolanos on Twitter. He's right. Mike does not have a Twitter because he's old. He's right there, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I am at Bobby DeMiro on Twitter. We'll see you guys next week for more Dodgers Rap 360 right here on AfterBuzz TV. Good night. Now. Good night.
from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.